It's episode 101 of Leading Ladies of Corpus Christi, and I'm sitting across from Kayla McMaines. You guys know her as the beachy lawyer on Instagram. She's incredible, and she is also a criminal defense attorney that works at the law office of Kayla McMaines. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Yes. Are you kidding me? So again, my guest is just going above and beyond, giving me a tour of her beautiful house that she shares with her husband, pouring shots of her fancy tequila, (laughs) and also providing like a cheese and cracker plate. I'm just thrilled to be here. Thank you so, so much. Well, yeah, I listened to, I think it was your last two or three. You said that they give you snacks. I was like, well, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here's the truth. If you came to my house, you would have water and a shot. That's it. Well, I think you said um, my nail girl Steph had like tacos. Yes. So, I mean, yeah, I'm sorry. I just gave you cheese and crackers. Hey, I'm like, this is a nice little trend. No pressure on anyone in the future. <laughs> but you guys have like started something and I and I really appreciate it. So first things first, your fancy tequila shot okay. to Kayla. Really? I'm probably only going to be able to do half of this. Instead. We'll see. We'll see. Do I don't it. know. Okay. Oh, that's good. See, that's that. really good. I don't remember hearing this on the the ones that I listened to. Let's see. Oh, some don't like, drink. Some people don't drink. Do it. Okay, yeah. I thought maybe you just did it like before you started. Some do prefer that we take it before because they don't want people to know. I'll never tell. What? Don't yeah. want people to know? No, they don't want people to know. And then some people just legitimately don't drink, and that's okay. Yeah. No but uh, meanwhile, she also hooked me up with a boozy sparkling water that's actually very good. So this this is going to be a really nice conversation. So Kayla and I were talking about it, and I've been trying to get her on uh, for a while now because obviously I knew you first of all through the Beachy Lawyer, and we're going to get into that in just a second. But uh, she'd been dodging me for a little bit, but then I've also- been scared. <laughs> and that blows my mind. I mean, you're a criminal defense attorney, which we're I also going to get into. I know, I know. But, you know, like I said earlier, so I'm actually, I am an introvert. I am an only child. So I feel like that's where it stems from is, you know, everyone else was having conversations with their siblings. And, you know, I'm trying to talk to my teddy bears. So I just feel like I never learned those skills. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just am. I don't know if it's I'm shy or... I don't know how to small talk. And um, so I've had a problem throughout my life that people that know me or know of me or or kind of in my circle, sometimes I'll hear that, oh, they think that I'm a bitch Mm -hmm. or they think I'm mean or I'm standoffish or I'm stuck up or I'm this or I'm that. I'm like, no, I just don't know how to talk to you. Mm -hmm. So that's actually been one of my goals is because what I'm learning as I get older is that the people that I think oh, they don't like me, they don't want to talk to me, and I start having those thoughts, they're kind of having the same thoughts. Absolutely. And so I'm trying really hard just to be that the person that makes the first move, even though it's so out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Kind of one of my resolutions, even though 2020 kind of turned, and we, <laughs> no one's talking to anybody, but it was one of my resolutions. So, But yeah, no, I have been very, very scared to do this. Um, but you are super nice and, um, I'm really glad that we're finally doing it. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing that too, you know, because being an introvert and then deciding, Hey, you know, I'm going to do something a little different and maybe get out of my comfort zone. That's huge. I mean, that's expanding your world. So thank you for sharing that and for doing that. Yes. Thank you for not giving up on me. Uh, I won't. That's the, unless you're literally just like, okay, that's enough. I don't want to be on. Fine. I'll I'll leave you alone. Okay, so are you from Corpus? I am, yes. I was born here. I grew up in Corpus, um, a mixture of Flower Bluff or the island, and I went to Flower Bluff kindergarten through high school. Wow. And then I originally moved away. Um, I went to school at Texas Tech, but that only lasted one. What? I know that's not what I was expecting. One semester. (laughs) um, You know, no offense to Tech, but Lubbock was just so far away from home. You Mm -hmm. know, I'm an only child. I'm very close with my parents. 
Um, so I had a weird roommate situation. Oh, so no. that lasted uh, one semester, and then I came home, and okay. I graduated from A&M Corpus Christi. Okay, that's excellent. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I love Corpus. Yeah, same. And and so I love that you you ended up coming back. And and similar story for me. I went to school at UT Austin, and I I didn't make it there either. Not it was by choice. I was just kind of like, eh, I don't know what it was. So just, you didn't stay? No, I didn't stay. Oh. Yeah, I was up there messing around and not not messing around, but changing majors constantly because yeah. I had no idea what I wanted to do, which is not a good idea if you're going to go to a big school like that. You better know what you want to do. Yeah. No, my husband went to UT. The so I married into like a die-hard Texas fan mm-hmm. family, the whole family. I'm talking like at Christmas time, Santa doesn't bring gifts, Bevo brings <laughs> gifts. Um, like die-hard, die-hard, and it's so fun being part of that. But I, when I went to law school, it was actually Texas A&M School of Law, so I had like the Aggie ring. You're I been, kidding! I have an A&M diploma. Um, like part of like the little Howdy system was like our grades and everything. But I, I didn't go to College Station, so. Okay. I think that might be the only reason why they accepted me is I wasn't like, (laughs) I remember we were at dinner one time in Austin. We were just dating him and I, and we were with some friends and it was dark. We were at a big round table and I was wearing my Aggie ring. And from across the table, one of his friends I hadn't met said, is that an Aggie ring? And I like slid it <laughs> off under the table. Dang, they were looking no, out for that. That's no, hilarious. I mean, no offense to him. I, I loved law school. Um, but, you know, yeah, my husband is diehard, diehard UT. So if he heard that you went and didn't stay, I know, <laughs> he would probably I know. be like, what? Oh, my parents were the same way. My parents were like, are you kidding me? You're leaving UT because you can't make up your mind. And I was like, yeah. So what do you do? Where did you graduate I, from? From A&M. Okay. Corpus, yeah. Uh, but it was one of those things. What, like, are, what is it? It's like this. Islanders? Right? We're, we're attempting to do the Islanders. And move. I didn't even learn that. <laughs> Actually, Steve taught me. I think we were at a baseball game. And I did, I did not know that that was our saying because really go Durs. Is it really? I didn't know that either. Apparently, like Islanders. So go Durs. <laughs> Please tell me that's that not true. Apparently it's true. I looked into it. <laughs> I fact checked. Ugh. And I think it's true. Uh, it's it's okay. I, I, I'm like, oh yeah, we're the Islanders. I'm going to leave it at that. Go Durs. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> so being such an introvert, did you always know you wanted to go into law? I mean, I guess I can, I can understand how a lot of it is you're working independently, right? Or... You know, what made you decide to go that route? Um, well, I am, you know, very independent. You know, I study guess. groups were never my thing. Like, I just always had to do everything by myself. What is the point um, of a study group? I still yeah, don't get it. I mean, they're fun, <laughs> but I'd rather just study and then go party. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just don't, I don't get things. I don't know. I have to be by myself to really just focus and get something done. Um, but as far as, you know, becoming an attorney, I, I honestly don't really know um I know when I was younger my best friend and I would like make up fake lawsuits and I don't know if it like stemmed from law and order or where that came from but it definitely died down I was actually um a chemistry major for part of the time in undergrad I thought I wanted to be a dentist wow but then in one of my chemistry classes there was something we had to do that involved our own saliva like in a centrifuge and Mm -hmm. that made me gag Mm -hmm. and I was like if I can't handle my own saliva I probably can't handle someone else's so that didn't work out (laughs) Um, that was a humbling moment Um, I knew I've always been very business oriented. So like I said, I'm an only child and my parents actually had me really young. They were 19 when I was born and they started a small business. Um, Neither of them 
So I was a first generation college student, wow. much less law school. Wow. Uh, neither of my Congratulations. parents. Congratulations. Right, That's uh, huge. So they both graduated from high schools here in Corpus. Neither of them have a college education. I think later in life, my mom took some accounting classes at Del Mar just so that she could do the accounting for their business. Mm-hmm. Um, but my dad started, you know, mowing lawns. And then from there, I got his irrigator's license. And now they have Hebrew irrigation that's been, so I'm about to be 30. So it's been, you know, a successful business here for almost 30 years. Uh, yeah, I've de- I definitely have heard of them. <laughs> so That's um, amazing. So I've always, and so, you know, growing up, like I said, I wasn't talking to my siblings. I was like eight years old listening to them talk about business issues. So I've always been business-minded. Um, mm-hmm. And so I did end up getting a business degree at a and For a little while, I was a marketing major. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I ended up getting my degree in economics from the business school. Um, because I think later on, like right before I was going to graduate, I, I still, I don't know where this came from. Like I said, I know I'm like, nothing you're I saying <laughs> is making me think I don't have like a friend or a close relative that was an attorney that, that swayed me. I think I just woke up one day and decided I wanted to go to law school, which I think is a quote from Legally Blonde, um, <laughs> but that, that really is kind of how it worked. And so I want to say like, I, cause everybody would do, um, like criminal justice that mm-hmm. wanted to go to law school, but I remember I, that. I Googled, researched um, what majors got into law schools, and I read that one of the top um, majors that were accepted into law schools was actually economics. And it's because with economics, you have to learn problem solving Mm -hmm. and critical thinking, like those type of skills, and that's what the LSAT tests for. Mm -hmm. The LSAT doesn't test your knowledge of the law because you haven't learned it yet. It just tests like the abilities that you're born with. If you can read and comprehension, if you can look at a set up of facts, figure out what the issue is, and then solve it. What? And economics teaches you that. I, you just blew my mind because <laughs> I thought LSAT was over law. No. Wow. Because you take it when you're an undergrad. You know, you haven't gone to law school yet. I didn't know that. Oh, oh it's my to gosh. get into law school. Right. So, the, yeah, the wow. LSAT questions, well, literally, there's there's a section called, like, I can't even remember, like, logistics. or The questions will literally be, like, Bob and Sue are in room A, and there's a team of six people and Ralph is on the roof what <laughs> color is the basketball oh like I, I mean <laughs> you know just like you're like what <laughs> <laughs> but that is literally the types of questions um, that you find on the LSAT or you have to like just read a problem and ask you a question mm-hmm. and maybe they'll have some like red herrings in there that will distract some people and you've mm-hmm. got to be able to really figure out what is it they're asking mm-hmm. um so I, you know, got my degree in economics. I signed up for the LSAT without taking any prep courses. I actually didn't even, because again, you know, my parents didn't even go to college. Mm-hmm. So at this point I'm graduating college. I'm, I love them. They're super supportive, but I'm having to figure out everything on my own. Of course. Um, so I, you know, found out online that they were doing the LSAT at my, at A&M Corpus Christi and I took it. And it was good enough to get me into law school. And it wasn't even until I was in law school and I heard people discussing what prep course they took that I found out that prep courses were a thing. I drove myself to Barnes & Noble. I bought a, bought a book, read it cover to cover, had some pra- practice questions at the back, and uh, took it. So it just came naturally. I mean, the problem solving right, and, right. The, and the yeah, logistical the, thinking and all that. Luckily for me, yes. Wow. <laughs> oh, God. Anybody anybody who is a practicing lawyer or not and listening to this, just 
you know, everybody has their different strengths. I mean, I'm not going to say I like aced the LSAT, but yeah. I, I got into law school. Girl. So. I mean, and yeah, that, that's what you're uh, trying to do because that's going to hone you into a, you know, talented right. lawyer, hopefully. Right. Uh, wow. Okay. So that is, that's a cool thing to hear actually. And you're actually my second, well, yeah, the second guest in a row to say in a sense that you don't necessarily have to follow the tried and true method. Right. That you can accomplish things in your own way and in your own time. Right, yeah. So to answer your original question, why law, I, I have no idea. <laughs> and what did your parents say? I mean, this is not where you were heading. I mean, you started off in chemistry. Right. I mean, they, like I said, they they were always just kind of, you know, letting me do my own thing. They were just always supportive, always happy. They never really had an opinion one way or the other. It was just whatever I wanted to do, they mm-hmm. were supporting me. So, um here I am. <laughs> I know. Really. I mean, with your own law office, which I think is so amazing, but we'll get to that. So where did you go to law school? So when I, it was in Fort Worth okay. and when I started, it was Texas Wesley and it was a private law school. And I absolutely loved Fort Worth. Love, mm-hmm. love, love it. If I didn't live in Corpus, I would probably live in Fort Worth. Um, but after I think my first year, it ended up being acquired, I guess is the proper word, by oh, Texas A&M. Okay. So it is actually part of the Texas A&M You're system. You're an Aggie like by I default. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't pick it. <laughs> but again, that, I know I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved that it was, you know, with Texas Wesleyan, it was a great school, but there wasn't a lot of spirit. And so once once I became an Aggie, I don't know, everyone was wearing maroon or mm-hmm. it just um, it had a little lot more like spirit to it. So it was fun. Um the actual school didn't change. The, I had my same classmates, my same teachers, the same building. Um, I think that there's talks now that they might be cha- moving. Uh, oh, wow. But when I was there, nothing changed for mm-hmm. me. It was just, just the affiliation. Right. Okay. So when you were there, did you find law school challenging getting into the actual details of law? No. God, <laughs> that's so amazing. And it's just just came naturally yeah I actually had a friend uh Jessica she's a prosecutor now in Como County so if she listens to this she'll remember this night um we were playing I actually still have this game and it's a board game called like preparing for the bar exam or passing the bar and at some point she looked at me and she called me a savant, which mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I think it's a compliment. Yes. <laughs> I, I would take it as a compliment. I was thinking of Rain Man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I feel you, but I would take it as and a compliment. And she was, because I was getting questions right. And she was like, how do you know that? Like, you, you're not in our study groups. You don't study with us. But um, I don't know. My, my memory is all over the place because... You know, I have friends that are like, hey, remember when this happened? And I'm like, no. But <laughs> like, honestly, like my childhood best friend growing up tells me all the time that I can't stop being her best friend because she holds most of my memories. Like, I guess I just feel like if it's not if it's not really going to be useful to me, like I, I don't need it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But mm-hmm. I can read something and completely Retain have it, it memorized. Wow. If I feel like it's going to apply at some point in time. For sure. Which is weird. I don't know. But uh, no, I mean, to me, because you're like, I don't know how law became a thing. I really don't. <laughs> It's like I just woke up one day. Yeah, I think law. No, found like really, you. there might be a story behind it that I just don't remember. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's not important. It's not. Now you're on a podcast. You need to remember. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But that's uh, even still, I just can't help feeling like 
it, that has to be your talent, like the ability to think in that way and retain the information in that way. And of course, be able to defend people. Yeah, that has to be your talent. And ultimately, you know, you're making a living doing what you're good at, which is my what husband's we probably pretty sad that I consider the things that he says in my important and retained <laughs> category because I can remember like that's not what you said. When yeah. I asked you. <laughs> Two weeks ago. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because both of y'all are attorneys. Both of y'all yes, got honored. Yeah. I, I wrote this down as a note. Both of you guys were selected as a top attorney by the Ben Mag in March, yes, yes. which I that thought was, was really a, awesome. Uh, a peer nominated. So other local attorneys uh, nominated people in each respective category. So that's a pretty big honor when people, I agree. other attorneys that do what you do, know you. Because unfortunately today you judge somebody off of you know google reviews and i have learned having my own business and having people have the ability to write a google 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 review about me that i need to be careful judging people on those Mm -hmm. because i mean how many people go and leave a google review when they're happy Mm -hmm. versus when they're upset so that's absolutely true the, the fact that it was other attorneys who actually know us who actually work alongside us that nominated us i i was very honored to have gotten that absolutely it's like a sag award but amongst attorneys yeah that that, that's huge to be nominated by your peers what Mm -hmm. an honor okay so when you because obviously you took the bar bar am i saying yes okay you took the bar exam which stands for what is it literally just bar okay (laughs) if it does i don't know i think it's just the bar but you take that and i'm 99.9 percent sure you passed on the first try yes 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 and so then then what so i actually took the bar exam (laughs) one-handed what does that mean (laughs) so um this this pinky here doesn't straighten i had actually i had an injury um maybe five weeks before the bar exam so going back i graduated and the day after i graduated i moved back to corpus christi um i wanted to be back from law school yes I, i was in a relationship at that time my my family was here he was here and i you know i love corpus christi i always imagined raising my kids here so literally i graduated and i moved back to corpus the very next day and again, with those prep courses, most people take in-person courses where there's a teacher and there's, you can ask questions. Mm-hmm. I did mine self-study online. So I was just, you know, by myself at my house, you know, logging on. Um, <laughs> just being efficient. <laughs> well, so then about five weeks before um, I had an injury on, on my finger. So I was in a cast those last couple of weeks leading up to the bar exam. Are you right-handed? Yeah, I'm right-handed. Oh, my God. It's a right-hand, people. As well as during the bar exam. And so um, I had surgery. You can see there's, like, scars Mm -hmm. all down it. Um, I had sliced my flexor tendons, so they had to be sewn back together. Um, So... Not only during the exam, but the weeks leading up to it are obviously you're, you're everyone's freaking out. You're studying a lot, and I could grip a highlighter or a pen like this. Like it took my whole hand to, to grip oh it. Plus, gosh. I was on pain meds, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like all loopy trying to study. Um, and then you know, people were like, "Well, did you get a handicap? Did you get more time? Any of that?" If anything, they would just like come around like and make sure I didn't have answers. Like, <laughs> like they were just like more suspicious That's of not me. A handicap. <laughs> but I, I was definitely in the room with everybody else. The same rules, the same time limits. Um, and so part of it is handwritten. Mm-hmm. And I was again like having to like hold my pen like this. I, oh, so you still use that hand even in a cast? Oh yeah. <sighs> so um, these 
fingers were out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then these three were together in it. So I could grip the pin, but my handwriting was like, it was like serial killer handwriting. <laughs> I tell people, I'm like, I'm glad that there's not like a psych portion because somebody would look at that and be like, oh, no. No, I mean, it was awful. It was like very, you know, jerky. Oh, my. I can't imagine having to write something with yeah. just these two fingers. Yeah, it wasn't cute. Her well, index I, and well, thumb. I just gripped the, like, the whole thing. Oh, and thing she, okay, she had the because other. Okay. I guess because I, I don't know, I couldn't reach it somehow like that because because of the cats and then there's also a typing portion so I had like these two fingers that I could type with but I am just very concise and very to the point Mm -hmm. so I actually finished before the time limit was even up yeah Um, which I think is important when you're doing law there's no room for fluff like this isn't English this is is law I mean some people put a lot of fluff Mm -hmm. um, but and that and that works for them but Mm -hmm. I am just almost too short like I'm just very black and white very to the point like this is the answer yeah no I think that that's Um, a good way to be to be honest um it works for me but anyway I I do definitely love being able to say that I took the bar exam one yeah because it's true and you passed it on the first try and so so you passed and I'm sure you knew that you need to be careful it's starting to sound like I'm bragging or something I'm not I promise I'm not girl no and that's enough because I'm not that cool I've had a couple of guests be concerned about that like I'm not trying to toot my own horn or anything but that that's the goal of this podcast I mean that's probably like if you had to ask me what I'm most proud of in my life I think that's pretty cool that I I passed it the first time I agree even under those circumstances yeah no I that's another thing that's exactly right I mean you weren't exactly performing at top (laughs) you weren't top notch again yet (laughs) I didn't like ace the bar exam I just did good enough to pass exactly I'm not sitting here trying to say that like I got anywhere near a perfect score there were definitely friends of mine that did way better but I passed yes no that and that that's important uh and and on the first try and with a cast on I don't care don't try to detract (laughs) from that because that's an amazing story so did you know so you took the bar exam here in Corpus no so I was studying here and then I went back up to I believe it was Arlington which Mm. is right near Fort Worth so that I could take it with all of my friends because it's like a three-day um, thing so oh. that way we could stay in the same hotel mm-hmm. and you know, at night everyone's asking each other questions and then obviously go out and celebrate once oh done. I love so that with your cast they also I don't <laughs> think that they offered it here in Corpus because there's not a law school here okay, so I think I could have gone to San Antonio but I'm decided to go back up where all my friends were yeah I really like that because then you can all celebrate it together and yeah. so did they give you the results immediately no no you take the bar exam in I believe you took it in July and you get your results in November and so they do it twice a year. I think results come out in November and in February. Don't quote me on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, you have a couple of months where you're just waiting. And most people, such as myself, um, while I, so while I was studying, I wasn't working. I was just studying. Mm-hmm. But then as soon as I took it, I started interning here at the DA's office. Ex- oh, yeah. So, you, you, I have that. Yes, you yeah. were. So a lot of people are interning, you know, at whatever it is their dream job is going to be, what they hope is going to be their first job and you could potentially get the news that you didn't pass oh while you're God. there so oh yeah no. it's the whole situation is <laughs> very nerve-wracking absolutely that's like whenever i think about it in college where they're like yeah courses are done you're not sure if you passed but graduations on this day hopefully you yeah. passed <laughs> I mean, you know, for some people, that, that I would mean, be a concern. That's four months that you're just sitting there waiting. Well, like, what's taking so and, long? And working and going on with your life and making plans and hoping that, you know. So luckily for me, as soon as I got the news that I passed within, like, I think, like, three days later, a spot happened to open up. And so I seamlessly transitioned from being an intern to being an employee. Yeah. So what was your title then? 
when whenever I you became an employee so um whenever you don't have like when you're coming straight out of law school mm-hmm. I, I think this is probably true for all DA's offices you basically start an intake okay um so maybe you're doing um like the magistrate court or like here in Nueces County um the prosecutors we the, you're a baby prosecutor when you start uh they handle stuff in the magistrate court they handle stuff down at the JP level and they do misdemeanor intake. You're okay. not really in a court yet. Okay. So, and that's how you learn, you know, what are the elements? Like you get the, the file from PD and you decide, does this case meet these elements? And you decide whether or not to accept it. That's mm-hmm. what intake is. So that then when you get moved up and you are in a court, you kind of already have that foundation. Right. So you just, um, an intake prosecutor, I guess is the title when you first start. Okay. Because then you eventually, I saw you are a former assistant district attorney. Yes. They're all assistant district okay. attorneys. Okay. Sorry. No, that's <laughs> what I was like. What's the title? Because either way, it still sounds super cool. So but yeah, I mean, there's just like the main person, the, yeah. the DA, and then everyone beneath him is an ADA, an assistant district attorney. So, you know, you hear that on Law and Order, you're like ADA, so-and-so. Yeah. Everyone's title other than the district attorney himself. Um, is an ADA and then they have different titles, you know, mm-hmm. like chief intake chief or, right. or whatever their respective um, role is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how long did you work at the district attorney's <clears throat> office? Almost three years. And so that's not including when I interned, like oh. just being an actual employee was, I ended up quitting pretty close to my three year anniversary. Okay. And so during that time I moved to a misdemeanor court and then I moved to a felony court. I was in felony for, I want to say at least a year, if not longer, um, before I ended up quitting. Okay, and forgive me because I don't understand exactly how it works because you said ultimately you guys were baby prosecutors. Mm-hmm. Is that the case the entire time you're working for the DA? Are you a baby prosecutor the whole time? Well, a prosecuting <laughs> attorney. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You are a prosecutor the mm-hmm. whole time, but when you stop being a baby prosecutor <laughs> to like a seasoned prosecutor, um, so I can only speak for Nueces County with you know personal experience, but I've heard heard it's like this in a lot of counties that um you know the DA's office if you want to be a trial attorney of any type even if you later want to be a civil attorney but you want to go to trial I think everybody will tell you go work in a DA's office for a couple of years Mm -hmm. because it's like trial by fire especially when you're down there with the misdemeanors when it's not like that much on the line you know maybe you're you know trying a petty theft case or something um you kind of just get thrown to the wolves (laughs) Sorry, my dogs. <laughs> no um, worries. <laughs> and I, you know, I know that there are some counties that probably have more in place, but it is such a good learning experience. I, I mean, I had my my first trials like that, and with really no supervision, just mm-hmm. go, go for, for it. it. Yeah, and, and that's the best way to learn. It really is. I, agree. I am so thankful. I was in a, a pretty tough misdemeanor court for a little while, and normally there's two of you in there. Um, we were um, kind of short-staffed. I was by myself. Wow. And so I would actually try a case while the jury was deliberating. I would be doing plea paperwork because I didn't have a court partner. And a second trial was starting. And so the defense attorney was getting to look at the jury list. You always get a little bit to look through it to be like, oh, I know this person personally or see what someone's job is or just mm-hmm. kind of get a... <laughs> kind of get a feel for them you know it's pretty valuable to have that time and I was doing plea paperwork while the defense attorney was looking at that list and then I would sit down to pick my jury with all of them in front of me and I never got to look at the list but again it's misdemeanors Mm -hmm. um, which yes there are serious misdemeanors for sure a lot of them um, that's the time to learn that's the time to make your mistakes that's the time to mess up Mm -hmm. Um, and I am so thankful that I had that judge that really pushed me and that 
I became a good trial attorney on those cases so that when I did move into a felony court, I, I knew what I was doing. That's uh, That has to be the most nerve-wracking thing to just suddenly be on a case. Excitement. Yes. And then, of course, I, mean, I feel like I'd be overthinking everything. Like, So what was your very first case where you were kind of on your own handling it? Okay, like? so this is one of these things where I'm like, is that, did I remember that? So I technically, <laughs> oh, I had, I technically had my first trial when I was in JP court. Um, okay. But that's a little different. So in misdemeanor court, that's where, you know, there's six jurors there for a misdemeanor. Um, and you have to go through jury selection. And, you know, it's like an actual trial. I want to say it was a theft case. I think this woman had stolen a sonic toothbrush from Walmart. But she had, like, a whole bunch of theft <laughs> convictions. Like, it wasn't her first time. Mm-hmm. And so um, I ended up winning. But... Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty easy case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but still, that, I mean, to build confidence. Yeah. No. So I, I, I think that it, that was my first case. And then I ended up having several uh, DWIs after that. And mm-hmm. I, I won most of those, not all of them. But Wow. But still, I mean, it sounds to me like you have a pretty good record. Yes. Um, so I want to say I won all of my misdemeanor trials except for two um, that were kind of bull crap. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, I won all of my felony trials. Wow. I mean, those are the biggins, mm-hmm. I feel. I mean, on my limited law knowledge. Yeah. I think um, a 30-year sentence was the highest that I got when I was, it was a felony court. Wow. Which is weird to say now, like, I'm as if I'm proud of that, because I'm a defense attorney Exactly. Now, and I'm glad you said that, because what made <clears throat> you decide that you wanted to flip the script? So that's kind of, um, there's two different answers to that. You know, people ask me, how, how can you just switch from being a prosecutor to being a defense attorney? And a couple things, you know, one, like I said, even if you know from the get-go you want to be a defense attorney, you really need to start in the DA's office. Not mm-hmm. only are you going to learn how to try a case because you have so much opportunity there. I mm-hmm. mean, I was there for three years, and I can't tell you how many cases I tried, maybe 20 between the misdemeanor and the felonies, versus I've been wow. a defense attorney for... July is going to be my two-year anniversary, and I haven't actually had a jury trial yet in two years. Wow. Um, but when you're a prosecutor, you just get that experience. So it, it's, it's a great experience no matter what your mindset is on what side of the law you're on. But I always tell people also when they're like, how can you just switch like that? If you really believe in our process and if you really believe in, you know, in the system that we have, then you know how important both sides are. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was a prosecutor, I wanted my client, that not sorry, my client, I wanted the defendant mm-hmm. to have a good attorney. I wanted him to do everything he was supposed to do so Absolutely. that when I won, when I got that conviction, I knew that I had done my job. I had done mm-hmm. it right. Mm-hmm. I hadn't colored outside the lines. And if it came up on appeal that it was going to be... Um, it was not going to be overturned. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's both sides are important and you have to, to know that whenever you're, you're anywhere in the criminal justice system. So for me, switching was never the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the back of my mind, I kind of always knew eventually I wanted to do defense work. But I had been an attorney for I, for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. Oh, so you immediately switched. As soon as you left the DA's office, you were like, yes. defense. So I... You know, here in Nueces County, and, and it's, it's not just Nueces County, it's like that in a lot of counties, that there's a lot of turnover because, you know, like I said, there's people that go there who know they ultimately want to be a civil attorney or ultimately want to be a defense attorney. So they go, 
they get their experience. The DA's office doesn't pay very well. And then they leave and they go do something different. Mm -hmm. So there's constantly turnover in those offices. Mm -hmm. So you become a baby prosecutor to an experienced prosecutor very quick. Yes. Um, But still, I had been a, a lawyer for three years. I don't think that I was probably anywhere near ready. Like if I sat down and I asked myself, am I ready to go out on my own? I probably would have given myself two, three, who knows how long right. I, I would have stayed there. It, I might have stayed there forever. Right. Um, but you didn't. Right. So answering this question is always kind of difficult because I don't want to talk ill of anybody. Uh, absolutely. But I also want to be truthful and it, it is my truth. And I, I, I think it's relevant um, to how I, because you know, I have people on Instagram, people who are in law school who ask me, how did you start your own business? Or how did you know you were ready? you you're never going to be ready i think is the ultimate lesson yes so what ended up happening for me is i had a supervisor that i didn't get along with Mm -hmm. and the reason i don't i certainly don't want to speak ill about anybody but today they him and i have a much better relationship Mm -hmm. and um i'm actually looking back i'm so thankful that everything happened because like i said i might have stayed i love that i love that there's a reason that people are thorns in your side i mean that might be extreme but you know what i mean that ultimately influenced you to go a different way yeah for whatever reason we just we, we the relationship was rocky and it just kind of blew up one day and i said i don't need this and mm-hmm. i quit on the spot hey props to you though <laughs> you know how many people would be like i don't know what to do i can't do this right. like you'd start overthinking and right. instead you were like nope yeah that's amazing so i you know i sure i hadn't sat there and made the plan and i probably wasn't really ready probably ideally if you're going to do that you get a little bit more experience but at the same time i knew i could do it and i knew i didn't have to stay in any sort of a situation where i wasn't feeling respected mm-hmm. and i wasn't feeling valued and that day i just I said, I quit. I texted my husband um, and I said, hey, just so you know, uh, I, I just turned in my two weeks notice and it was nothing but support. And same thing for my parents. You know, they've always just kind of known. I've just been always very, very independent mm-hmm. um, to where growing up, you know, my parents were 19 when they had me. I was almost like the adult. Like wow. they were wanting to go, you know, see a movie at 11 o'clock at night and a school night. And I was like, no, I have school tomorrow. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so you had a good head on your shoulders. Yeah, just, I guess no one's ever questioned me. They've always known that I could do it. And I knew that I could do it. So I did not have a plan. I did not know exactly what I was going to do. If I was going to get an office, you know, this or that. I just knew that I needed to leave that mm-hmm, day mm-hmm. And, and that I could do it. And so... Because, uh, and like I said, I'm totally ignorant when it comes to the workings of being an attorney. So could you have gone to someone else's law office, theoretically? Um, Yeah. So after I had been on my own for a couple months, I actually got an offer Mm -hmm. to go and join a firm. Normally, there's not really firms when it comes to defense work. Mm -hmm. It's pretty normal for everybody to be solo practitioners. Uh Um, But there are a couple that have kind of joined together and and created firms. And I I did get... um, asked about going and joining one mm-hmm. but i mean <laughs> who doesn't want to just keep being their own boss exactly like, <laughs> so i mean was it like the next week from when you decided to leave the da's office that you were like uh law offices of kayla McMain? oh no i knew when it, the day that i quit and okay. so like i said i i always knew it was probably probably going to happen for me at some point in time um my parents own their own business mm-hmm. i've always had that business mindset 
Um, and so I, I, but again, it was like years in the future. Yes. And so when it happened, it was just like, okay, this is just getting expedited and I am just going to you know, start my own law practice. And what's, what made it easier for me in Oasis County. And so when people do ask me, you know, how did you do that? Or sometimes I have, um, I've had a couple of other attorneys who are in different areas of the law, family law, um, say that they want to start their own practice. And what definitely made it easier for me, and I, I'm super blessed is that here in Oasis County, we don't have a public defender's office. Okay. So anyone oh. who is indigent and cannot afford their own attorney, there is a wheel and it is private attorneys who apply, you know, the, the judges approve who is on the wheel for certain level cases each year. And um, so I'll get an appointment on a case. Someone can't afford to pay. I'll mm-hmm. get appointed. And mm-hmm. when the case is done, the county pays me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very, very lucky that, Again, I, I prosecuted in the same county that I'm now defending in. And mm-hmm. so the judges know me. The court managers know me. They know that I had experience. They know that I was a prosecutor. And so within the same month that I quit, I was able to start getting appointments. And so wow. obviously the, the biggest issue is how am I going to get work? How yes, am I going to get yes, cases? Absolutely. Um, and so luckily, if I'm in a county where I could be a public attorney, uh, I'm sorry, a private attorney, and get those appointed cases. So that started happening immediately, immediately for me. That is fantastic. But you're right. It's like whenever you encourage people who are just getting out of law school to work in a DA's office, you know, it not only can it benefit you when it comes to experience, but also if you decide to venture off on your own, I mean, particularly in Oasis County, it could right. benefit you in that kind of way too. Right. And so I have people that, you know, they, they're in law school and they, they – They'll message me on Instagram. I get a lot of people in law school that message me on Instagram, mm-hmm. and they want to know how how I did it. And I'm, I always get a little bar- embarrassed because I don't feel like I'm that special. But anyway, I, I try to well. help where I can. And they'll say, "Well, I, you know, I'm in law school in this city, but I my home is a different city. Should I take this internship here? But then ultimately, I want to work somewhere else." And my answer is no. Mm-hmm. It is such a benefit for me that I am defending in the same county where I prosecuted because it's not just knowing the law it's knowing people for sure um and you know I'm sorry not being an asshole like when I see sometimes it's local attorneys most of the time it's out of county attorneys that come down here and they want to act like they're all big and powerful I'm a Houston attorney or whatever Mm -hmm. and and they act like assholes like that doesn't get you anywhere Mm -hmm. when you know the court manager and you can text her and you can say hey I'm running 10 minutes behind. Can, can you let the bailiff know or whatever? Having those relationships for sure. is so important. Mm-hmm. No, thank you for sharing that too, because I think there's a misconception about lawyers for sure that it's all about ego and well, mostly ego, right? Don't miss. No, he's fine. Is that Winston? It is Winston. Winston. I said asshole. You like, did. Mom, are you talking about me? Yeah. He is a little asshole. Yeah. Forget those Houston attorneys. But, uh, yeah, there, there, there's, I, I know that there's a long held kind of, I guess it would be a stereotype, right? That ego, ego ugh, lawyers have inflated egos. And so for you to say that, you know, ultimately what's important is of course that you do your job well, but that too, like you maintain those relationships mm-hmm. where you're working regardless of which side you're on. Right. Right. Huge. Because there's a lot of people that switch back and forth. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, oh, I never thought so about one, that. one of my mentors that, you know, I could not 
claim any sort of success on being able to do this on my own if it wasn't for this woman. I mean, I office from my house. So if it wasn't for her, I probably would have thought if I'm going to be an attorney, I have to have like an office with like a secretary. I would think that clients can come and visit me. Um, But thankfully, I have this mentor who is a defense attorney now and she works from her home and she makes it work. And I'm also very lucky that my husband is an attorney, so Mm -hmm. I can use his conference room when I do need to meet clients. But for the most part, I would be sitting by myself in some office. It would just be, you know, overhead that I don't need. Um, but I was so lucky to have her. And she has been a prosecutor, a defense attorney, a chief at the DA's office, a defense attorney. I don't know how wow. many times she's gone back and forth. But, you know, that happens. You have to think, you know, every four years, potentially the administration, that the top level is going to change. For and sure. so people might leave. They might come back. It's. I think in criminal law, it's not at all unheard of to, to switch back and forth. Mm-hmm. So as working for the DA, do you, are you considered a government employee? Yes. Okay. County. Yeah. County, County employee. employee. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I, again, I, I can appreciate that you started off there and you actually encouraged those who are just getting out of law school to start there. I mean, it's, it's humbling. I think if you want to be a trial attorney, mm-hmm. it, it's a great experience. If you know, like when I first started law school, I thought I wanted to be a contracts attorney because I am very black and white and mm-hmm. very detail oriented. I'm like, I can just sit there by myself in an office and read a contract and like point out what's wrong with it and have like some fancy corner office somewhere. Mm-hmm. But then I started interning at the DA's office and I realized how fun it is. I mean, I know and you joke when you're in that environment um, and you kind of have to joke about it in order to survive because yeah, the material, whether you're a prosecutor or a defense attorney, it's heavy. Mm -hmm. Um, But luckily when you're dealing with it as a prosecutor, you have a group of people that you're kind of going through it with and you have to have somewhat of a sense of humor to get through it. Um, I've now lost my train of thought. (laughs) Well, no. And I think it's important that you say that. Oh, So I ended up interning and and falling in love with it. But if you know you want to be a contracts attorney and you never want to see the inside of a courtroom, then you don't need to go to the DA's office. Mm -hmm. You can just go straight to that route. But if Mm -hmm. you ever want to have that presence, be confident walking up in front of a judge and walking up in front of a jury, then there's no better experience than in a DA's office. Yeah, because I, I think I learned about contract attorneys pretty recently and I'm like really like you can actually be an attorney and never have to go to court mm-hmm. to present anything to anyone ever yeah I, I mean but you opted for the trial attorney I yes. mean th- that alone I just uh I've only ever been on a jury one time and I mean just a tremendous props to those people who are up there either defending or representing or whatever I mean amazing I, I just can't imagine because you need to know your stuff and you yeah. need to I mean if you want to win yeah now there's there's obviously always a lot on the line but when you when you're confident and you know your case um and you walk in there and you're and you're confident it's I mean it's a lot of fun there's no greater feeling um I mean I am a Leo so I don't I was gonna <laughs> ask you too okay good to know uh, I, and you're an introvert this is weird it, what's your what's your moon sign yeah, just kidding I guess <laughs> selective extrovert mm-hmm. might be like the proper if I if I know who I'm around or, you know, public speaking does not bother me. If mm-hmm. I'm talking about my, my topic or I'm proving my case, I have no issues. It's the small talk. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, walking into a group of people and having to talk about myself mm-hmm. versus having to talk about mm-hmm. my case where I'm just like, Ooh, I don't I, know what to say. For sure. Nobody's going to like me. Oh, please. <laughs> well, and, and that's funny to me because that's the perfect segue to bring up. And okay, are, do you consider yourself a fashion blogger or lifestyle blogger, all of the above? 
I consider myself having an Instagram hobby. Right. Okay. <laughs> and it is the beachy lawyer. Yeah. And tell me about this because th- this has grown into something I think really remarkable. Like you share some personal stuff on there that I admire you so much for doing. I mean, of course, your uh, your outfits are amazing. I mean, the fashion sense, the skincare, all of it. I mean, just so fun to watch and just seems like because I think your uh, your career well, like you said, you maintain a sense of humor can be, you know, kind of like a serious thing to deal with. And then this seems much more, you know, lighthearted, fun, you know, something that you enjoy. Yeah, they're very, very different. So mm-hmm. it, it started, I was um, my, it was like my first year of being a prosecutor and some friends that have, and I were out and I was in a, a past relationship and he had so many hobbies. He was going hunting he was going fishing and I was just like all I do is work and drink (laughs) (laughs) I feel attacked like I don't I don't knit I'm not very creative Mm -hmm. I think I didn't oh I would disagree based on on your outfit choices oh no well I'm not like I can't paint I can't draw I can't sing um you know every now and then I would go to the gym but mostly I would like work during the week and I would party and hang out with my friends on the weekends I was like I need some sort of like a productive hobby so literally me and two of my girlfriends were just drinking <laughs> and um, trying to come up with a hobby for me and um, at the DA's office the secretaries people would always ask me where my clothes were from um, I, I always liked putting together cute outfits I, I really do believe you know even in those situations where if you're going into a situation and you're nervous about I don't know anybody is anybody like me I have to make small talk that if you feel confident mm-hmm. in how you look and you're not sitting there like fiddling with your, your hair or your nails like you just feel good about yourself mm-hmm. it really helps kind of psych you out for sure. and be more confident in those conversations so I've always kind of felt that way and and the whole influencer thing was getting big, but I didn't, it wasn't really big in Corpus yet. Mm. I didn't personally it really know wasn't. anybody. It was just like it blew up all of a sudden and I you didn't, were on the yeah, forefront. Yeah, I didn't follow anybody in Corpus that was doing it. It wasn't even until after I had started, I was contacted by the Corpus Christi bloggers group that I had no idea that even existed and mm-hmm. that there were other people doing it. So that's kind of how it started. It was always just supposed to be a hobby, just something else productive so that when someone asked me what I did with my spare time, I didn't just say drink. but I feel like that's always whenever people are just kind of like well I want to do something fun and just kind of something else that that really amazing things happen because you were also nominated as favorite local influencer for the bin magazine good luck so no it's already over it didn't win but I was nominated how do you know The the locals list? Yeah. Yeah. The I didn't make it into the top five. You didn't? Mm-mm. Oh shoot. Yeah. Thanks. God, I'm the worst. <laughs> I'm the worst. Anyway, but even still, I mean the fact that you were even nominated right, to me right. is now, tremendous. It, it's brought it really has brought like you. I don't even know if I would have met you mm-hmm. if, if I would have been asked to do this. And I said the same thing, you know, we filmed the podcast for the Gold Dust Masterclass mm-hmm. and Tina Lane, who I love so She's much amazing. you know i just wish i could be so confident in my own skin and such a badass like yes. she is i love tina mm-hmm. um and just like i was scared to do this i was terrified when she asked me to do that um and you still did it though. i did i did do it and i and i loved it um but you know that that's something you know there's a lot of attorneys in town there's people that own their own businesses and i I'm so grateful for the, the opportunities that I've been given. You know, mm-hmm. I was asked to go speak at a master class and people came. And I'm that, so sad I missed that, that because that was amazing. To hear my story and, mm-hmm. and that's huge. But it was I wouldn't have been out there. Most people wouldn't have known me outside of the courthouse if it wasn't for this platform that mm-hmm. I created for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
I've definitely had amazing opportunities from it. I've met amazing people. The one thing that I definitely love about it is I love supporting local businesses. Yes. Um, I mean, you are like one of one of the faces of Made in Corpus Christi. <laughs> and I, I love, love that too. so much. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, love her. Love, love supporting local businesses. But when it comes to, you know, I've just gone back and forth on it. You know, I quit doing it for a couple of months and then I, I start doing it again and I think ultimately I've decided it just has to be a hobby, mm-hmm. but I, I struggle because like you said, it is so different from what my actual career is. Mm-hmm. And there have recently been a couple instances where it's like worlds colliding, you know, imagine, I, I mean, I handle felonies. I handle very, very serious offenses where someone's life is at stake. And imagine if I was appointed to you and then you saw me on Instagram talking about skincare or you know what I was wearing, would that make you doubt my ability as an attorney? Would that make you take me less seriously? And mm-hmm. I have that same concern. Corpus is small. Mm-hmm. And when you got a, juror, a jury panel that's 60, 80 people, now I'm starting to wonder that. Have some of these people seen me on Instagram where I'm showing a different side of myself. I'm being silly, I'm being carefree. I'm talking about you know what wine I like or my mm-hmm. skincare products mm-hmm. and are they judging me and are they ultimately going to hold that against my client Mm -hmm. so i have internal battles oh yeah i I have internal battles Mm. all the time about what to do with that um because it you know it started as an outlet and i loved that and it was supposed to be fun and it was supposed to be a way for me to be silly and to get away from how serious my day job is but like i said i've had recently where a relative of somebody I got appointed to follows me on Instagram. And oh, wow. It's been kind of like worlds colliding. Yes. And I don't quite know how to navigate it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I struggle with it. I go back and forth on if I want to keep doing it. But ultimately, what I, I certainly is, I'm, I'm not in it to be, you know, anytime you do that, I, and I think it's so great that there's this whole influencer world now and that it's such a win-win for big companies and for the small influencers who are doing it, you know, Neutrogena needs to advertise their product instead of paying millions and millions of dollars for a TV ad, Mm -hmm. they send free products or maybe pay some people like me who, you know, tell their friends about it and post about it on Instagram. So it's such a win-win for sure. And I I love that. And I'm not, you know, putting any shame on that, but that's not me. Mm -hmm. It's, I've done it in the past and I, I've learned that, you know, I have to turn down all of those. It's just mm-hmm. not authentic for me to be like, look at this Neutrogena product. Same. Um, Same. So I, I certainly don't do that. It just doesn't feel right to me. I've kind of gotten to where the only like collabs that I'll do are local businesses that I want to support because I just love um, any local Corpus Christi, especially female owned business. Absolutely. And that's what I was going to say. I feel like it's, I totally, especially when you said how it could reflect on how people view your client. I felt that, but at the same time, I can't help feeling like it's really powerful that you're putting yourself out there as more than just somebody who's like busting the law book, right? Like I know this, 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 whatever. And I, I think it's really, it's, it's, it's amazing because like you said, you're very local business focused and you're not just Kayla McMain's criminal defense attorney. Like you're more than that. And I think it gives other people permission to be that too. Yeah. But I, I mean, also again, I can see why, why you would be concerned, but at the end of the day, I mean, if you're doing your job right. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's and just, the jury is supposed to be doing their job. Oh, right. Yeah. But you know, Jurors are humans like everybody else. And, you know, I have had instances when I was a prosecutor, I've heard stories from people that, 
you know, just recently, I'm still friends with most of the DAs that I worked with. And just recently, a girl there had a case. And at the end of it, when, when the verdict's in, both the defense attorney and the prosecutor will usually go talk to the jury and say, hey, like, why did you rule this way? Or what do you think? Mm-hmm. What, what do you wish you could have heard from me? And some of the jurors told her that her high heels were distracting. And that at the end That's of the rough. day, there's nothing that you can do about that. And exactly. Even if you or I, even if we say we have this standard, oh, it's a juror and it's a really important case and someone's life is on the hand, you shouldn't be thinking those things. It's human nature mm-hmm. and we can only control it so much. And unfortunately, I, don't, I mean, I, I guess I will say unfortunately, because it shouldn't be about the attorney. It should be about the client and, mm-hmm. the, and the facts of their case. But mm-hmm. a lot of trials are won because jurors lean for whatever attorney they like more, mm-hmm. whether they they have more soothing voice or they just carry themselves better or they're funnier. It doesn't matter. They'll, they'll kind of just tend to believe whoever that attorney is. And yes. so I would absolutely hate if for whatever reason somebody was holding it against my client that I post on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So no, anyway. I, I, I totally get that. And I can't help thinking of the O.J. Simpson trial where... I can't remember the attorney's name, but her Marsha. I can't remember her name, no, I but I mean, people were just like picking apart her look. Yes. Like and that this, is what people were focused yeah, on. This is one thing, you know, we did the podcast mm-hmm. for the gold dust masterclass. And mm-hmm. one of the things you asked us all about was, you know, hardships that we experience as being females. Mm-hmm. And my answer was, I hadn't really experienced. And I any. love that. I love and, that. And while that's true, I think that this is one area. Mm-hmm. I think that, and maybe I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like men attorneys maybe don't get judged as much on their extracurricular activities. Mm-hmm. However, whatever they do with their spare time when they're not being an attorney versus I, I kind of feel this weight that mm-hmm. it, it definitely could be something that I have to monitor. And I wish it wasn't like that. I, I wish that, like you said, everybody should have permission to be a badass at whatever their career is. And mm-hmm. then also be creative or fun or let loose or share some fashion tips on Instagram yeah, because if they you have want. some really good ones <laughs> I mean come on yeah so it's just kind of it and I go back and forth on do I I've, I've had days where I wanted to completely delete my entire Instagram you know I have deleted my blog I do just do Instagram now mm-hmm. um, but it's definitely it's kind of all over the place right now on if I want to what I want to do with mm-hmm. it but I think it's also good that <clears> you it's however you're feeling at the time. So if you want to stop and you want to take a break, you do. And if you want to carry on, you do. I mean, you're listening to yourself ultimately. Right. And that to me is the most important thing whenever you're doing these kinds of things. But something else that I think your your uh, Instagram account has also influenced is some of your nonprofit work. Because I know that you did, what was it called? Oh, the Coastal Couture for a Cure style show. Yes. Like that kind of stuff. Yeah, that- I feel like it's all kind of intermingled. Uh, yeah, kind of. So the style show with Cattle Barons, that's something I, I do. Sorry, I didn't come up with that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the precursors to the Cattle Barons Ball. Of course. And so it's it's another revenue enhancer to raise money for the American Cancer Society. And kind mm-hmm. of the idea behind it is to, if someone's like, I don't know what to wear to Cattle Barons, we're showcasing in that style show. Yeah, I, I would have no idea. So thank you all for doing that. <laughs> of, of what you can wear. So um, 
I, I guess it helped in some sense. Um, it helped in the sense that I am now part of this community of local influencers and local mm-hmm. bloggers, and I was able to get all of them to come and be involved. And Absolutely. So, that's huge. Yeah. I mean, that's just you incorporating more local yeah. into supporting local. Because you said you're a chair, right? On the Yes. Yeah, Steve and I are co-chairs with another couple. It was supposed to be for the 2020 Cattle Barons Ball that was supposed mm-hmm. to happen in April. Unfortunately, with COVID, that had to be basically canceled and so now we're going to have the event when we would have had the 2021 event um in april of 2021 and we are staying on for another year and i i absolutely love it i'm so grateful to be part of this organization and everything that it's doing but it it is a lot of work yeah i mean so what does it entail to be a co-chair so you're kind of doing both sides of it. So any charity event, it's party planning and money raising, basically. It's mm-hmm. fundraising and, and then planning the actual party with um, the American Cancer Society, I believe, is the biggest volunteer-only like organization. So there's only one wow. really employee that works with Cattle Barons um, that's employed by ACS, and everybody else is a volunteer. So mm-hmm. the people that are picking out the decorations or booking the band are volunteers, AKS. Uh, (laughs) We have a committee beneath us. And then also the people that are going out and asking, you know, our tried and true sponsors that we've had year after year that we're so lucky to have, asking them to come back and trying to get new sponsors, that's also us. Mm -hmm. So we're having to go out and we're having to fundraise and we're also having to plan this amazing event. It's it's a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah, but but I mean, the the final product is just so amazing. That's one of my, I've never actually been to one, but one of my, my favorite gosh, you things have to, to see. come I in April to. you have to April 2021 it y'all. really is it is such a fun event and is it just one night or is it, it like a weekend it's just one night okay yes. it looks like a lot of fun it is but speaking of sponsors I saw that you sponsored the most recent logo for local I did that's yes. huge so I actually met Elena I didn't really know her personally until the gold dust master class mm-hmm. with Tina and so we were talking at when you did the podcast actually and uh, when we left there, she was talking about Loco was coming up and, you know, needing sponsorships. And that's just obviously an awesome opportunity. I think I put my business cards in the little goodie bags that went out. Mm-hmm. So um, it was a win-win. So, I, again, I just love supporting anything local like that. Yeah. I, and I love seeing that because I'm, I'm just like you, born and raised in Corpus, went to school away, came back. I just love it here and seeing what's happening to it now, just this progress towards more locally owned stuff and more local support and that kind of thing. It thrills me. Yeah. I was just thinking the other day, you you mentioned made in Corpus Christi and I was wondering, you know, do other towns that aren't huge, you know, not Dallas, Houston, but other smaller towns, do they have that same, like if somebody started making hats and shirts that said whatever their city was on it, would it just sell out and be crazy? Is there that much pride Mm -hmm. in other places? I don't know and I I kind of feel like there it's not I, I feel like Corpus is unique in that and I love that because you probably have experienced this growing up here there's a lot of people that hate on Corpus For sure people whether, from here yeah whether it. I think it's both people that are from here that can't wait to get out and you know I had that phase growing up where I was like we don't have the big chain restaurants and mm-hmm. we don't have this and that that mm-hmm. there, there's in other places but you know all of that comes at a price and you lose getting to put Corpus Christi on a shirt and it's selling out and really having that like community when we're at HUB and we see someone else wearing a Corpus hat and just, I don't know, this sense of pride and really loving where we're from and everywhere you go, if you're going to go to the movie theater or a restaurant, knowing half of the people in the building Mm -hmm. 
I just, I love Corpus so much and I'm so happy that I finally feel like we're starting to get this sense of pride that when I was growing up, I feel like we didn't have, you know, people really hated on Corpus and I hated that. Yeah, same. And, 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 uh, it's funny because, you know, people are like, oh, I wish we had these big, you know, chain A, B, C, D kind of thing. And now it's just kind of like people realize like, wait a minute, you know, there's really something to be said about having something made like mom and pop. Uh, getting local produce, right. local seafood. It blows my mind that nothing against chain restaurants, but that anybody goes to a chain seafood restaurant here in Corvus. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you do that? <laughs> Whatever. Sorry. Support, support who you want to support. Sorry, Red Lobster. Yeah, support <laughs> who you want to support. But I mean, come on. Yeah, no, that that thrills me. And that's why I think, uh, yeah, I mean, people like you just, you know, repping the 361 in, in so many ways, especially being a fa- one of the faces of Made in Corpus Christi. I, it just makes me so happy. And then, of course, deciding to keep your law office here. Because, I mean, you, you know, you really probably could have gone anywhere. And so what advice would you have for someone who, you know, wants to go to law school maybe you know they're they're uncertain about if they wanted to you know become a partner with someone if they want to go on their own what what kind of advice would you give them on on how to pursue you know being an attorney you know that's so hard because I just feel like nothing is blanket there's as much as I am a black and white person (laughs) this is certainly something you know my kind of like my motto it was part of my Instagram bio at some point was just like do you like Mm -hmm. hashtag do you um you can't listen to people. Like if I, Ooh, in I that, that moment when I decided to quit, if I would have instead asked 10 people, I probably would have been told probably almost 10 times that I wasn't ready, mm-hmm. that I couldn't do it, that I didn't have the experience that I needed to stay in and suck it up and deal with it. And you just, you have to listen to you. It's great to have mentors. It's great to have people to look up to. But at the end of the day, if you have a burning feeling that you either can do something or you can't do something, whatever it is, ultimately that has to be your guiding light because nobody knows you like you know you. Yes. And so don't go to law school because your parents are lawyers and that's what you want to do. You know, just do I'm sorry, just do whatever feels right to you. Just do you, boo-boo. Yes. Uh, no, I, I, <laughs> I, I agree because I think, too, what if, what what was it? Oh, if you had talked to people about, like, I'm, I want to take the LSAT, and I've never done a workshop or whatever it is. Like, yeah, like that. a prep course. Yeah, people would have been like, are you out of your <laughs> mind? No, you're not ready. You, but, you're, but you went for what felt yeah. right, and ultimately, here you are with your own law office. Mm-hmm. And, Kayla, I want to thank you so much. Has for, it been an hour It already? has been an hour and 22 <laughs> oh my seconds you didn't think we were gonna make it exactly an hour it's the wine it's uh, you were fantastic (laughs) and just thank you for having me here for talking to me for just being you and and following you and being who you are I appreciate you so much and admire you and I just can't wait to see what you do next thank you